Hello all and welcome to our very first episode of No Home for Heroes. No Home for Heroes explores history's mysteries regarding Americans who are missing in action from our past wars. These long forgotten MIAs are remembered on this podcast. Today's episode is titled, How It All Began, and I'm your host, Rick Stone. No Home for Heroes is a trademark production sponsored by the Chief Rick Stone and Family Charitable Foundation. For more information on the foundation, visit our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. And now, on with our show. Just to let you all know, we are mightily tempted to launch into our new podcast episodes by recapping an actual investigation into one of our cases involving a missing American serviceman. But we realize that if we would make a whole lot more sense to you, the listener, if we started at the beginning. So, here's an actual email, an excerpt from an email from a self described, quote, disgruntled former employee end quote, of the Joint POW-MIA Accounting Command, or JPAC. JPAC was a very, very little-known agency of the Department of Defense. This email excerpt was forwarded to investigators of the United States General Accounting Office on 7 October 2012. It reads, quote, The management at JPAC is dysfunctional at best, and at worst, downright intentionally obstructional to the interest of finding lost American servicemen and women, right up to the point of defying Congress and criminally violating specific federal legislation. Due to a complete lack of leadership skills evidenced above the World War II branch level and extending up to the commanding general, JPAC lurches from one crisis to another with our hands extended like a blind Frankenstein bouncing into walls of excuses for why we can't find and identify more than a handful of MIAs each year. We fall off cliffs with insane and unproductive missions. We take years and even decades to accomplish simple tasks, and generally we create animosity with everyone we come in contact with in the course of our unfocused wanderings all over the world. I am ashamed and embarrassed by it all, and I was a part of the monster. End quote. Well, as you probably figured out, I am that disgruntled former employee of the Joint POW MIA Accounting Command. I am one of many. In addition to being disgruntled, I am also dismayed, disillusioned, disheartened, disgusted, and still disbelieving of what I experienced during my one-year, one-month, and 11-day tour of duty under contract to the Department of Defense. As a part of the Department of Defense in JPAC, I came under the Department of the Navy, and I was officially appointed to what was known as J-2, or the Intelligence Section of JPAC. Although my contract only stipulated duties as a historian, I was soon appointed to serve as the Deputy Chief of the World War II Research and Investigation Branch of JPAC. In a management role, 
I also soon learned all the disses that applied to JPAC. In fact, there are very few adjectives that begin with dis that would not describe my observations at JPAC, including a word later used by the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Martin Dempsey, in congressional testimony about the situation at JPAC. General Dempsey called the situation disgraceful. Upon request, I began compiling a report to the United States Congress about JPAC on 11 November 2012. At the time I was writing the report, I was on Red Beach 2 on what was the island of Tarawa during World War II. It was Veterans Day back in the United States and near the 69th anniversary of the moment when thousands of young American Marines and sailors stormed the very ground upon which I stood. Present-day Tarawa is not a garden spot. It is a malodorous, garbage, and feces-covered spit of coral. Known by those who visit there as being the island of, quote, three species of feces, end quote. It got that nickname because of the pig, dog, and human excrement that abounds everywhere on Tarawa. Hundreds of our American boys died there. Hundreds are still buried there in unmarked graves. And at the time of my report to Congress, more than a hundred MIAs from the Battle of Tarawa lay within only a few miles of the JPAC headquarters building in Honolulu, Hawaii, in the National Memorial Cemetery of the Pacific, also known as the Punch Bowl. In the Punch Bowl, they had no name. Their markers listed their identity as simply as unknown. That they were heroes is without question. That many have not been identified and returned home is unconsciousable. I traveled to Tarawa at private expense to truly understand the battle and the sacrifice of these brave men. No one can really fathom their courage unless you actually see the half mile of shallow water between Tarawa's reef and the beach that these brave men were forced to wade under murderous fire from a well-prepared and entrenched enemy. And no one with any common sense whatsoever believed the excuses of the leadership clique at JPAC for their refusal to identify the Tarawa unknowns, buried so close to their very own facility in Honolulu, to identify these brave heroes and finally send these boys home to their families. It was truly inexplicable until you accept the fact that JPAC was so poorly managed and so poorly led that the agency simply could not do the job assigned to it. At JPAC, I personally completed over 175 major case investigations into missing American servicemen from World War II. As the Deputy Chief of the World War II Research and Investigation Branch, I also supervised the case investigations of many other incidents of missing servicemen from that conflict and later. During my investigations, I employed a system I created during my law enforcement career called RISC, R-I-S-C, which stands for Random Incident Statistical Correlations. It's simply a system to correlate multiple statistical and historical data sets on unidentified casualties. 
The risk system proved highly reliable at comparing those buried as unknowns in American military cemeteries all over the world, with known casualties to specific battles where unknowns were originally recovered. The risk system is nothing more than a method using basic measurement comparison and common sense deductive reasoning to narrow down a list of potential matches be recommended for a full forensic review. The system was never intended to be an identification tool to supplant DNA or other forms of forensic identification. As the primary investigator assigned to the Battle of Tarawa, I submitted 94 comprehensive investigative reports while I was at JPAC. Each individual report was on a single Tarawa unknown case. Not a single one of these investigative reports was accepted by the JPAC laboratory. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Not a single one of these comprehensive investigative reports was accepted by the JPAC laboratory. The laboratory specifically refused to even read the reports. And later, the laboratory denied that the reports had even been produced or presented. That was a part of their claim that no leads were being developed. Nor was there any action whatsoever by the JPAC commanding general, even when he was sent copies of the reports directly. After over a year of this stupidity, I quit. I quit and became a disgruntled former employee of JPAC, one of many. I loved the work, but I couldn't stand the bureaucratic ignorance. As you will see in future episodes, the story did not end there. For starters, many years before my family had created a charitable foundation with funds made available after my efforts as the police chief to combat organizational corruption in Hollywood, Florida. Yes, that's the very same Broward County, Florida, the world of the Hanging Chad and other infamous activities. The Foundation's efforts are centered around promoting ethics, something I saw very little of at JPAC, with the letters of the word ethics providing the definition. E for equality. T for truth. H for honesty, I for integrity, C for courage, and S for self-control. When I resigned from JPAC, the Foundation's Board of Directors approved the continuation of conducting investigations into MIAs. But our investigations at the Foundation provide information to the families of missing American servicemen and women. To date, the Foundation has conducted over 410 comprehensive investigations for the families. All of these investigations are provided to the families of MIAs at absolutely no cost. And yes, we've provided investigative reports to others as well, including the United States government. But as you will see with our next episode, I'm getting just a little bit ahead of our story. Thank you for listening to this episode of No Home for Heroes. We hope you've enjoyed today's production, and we invite you to check out our other episodes. Don't forget to tune in every Saturday when we will post a new episode of History's Mysteries Missing in Action.
Episodes of No Home for Heroes are produced from the actual investigative case files of the Chief Rickstone and Family Charitable Foundation, dedicated to providing information to the families of missing American servicemen and women. As always, we greatly appreciate your comments and a special link is available for you to contact us on our website at www.chiefrickstone.com. Our next episode is titled, The Myth of No Man Left Behind. You sure don't want to miss that one, as we'll tell you the story of a bloody Pacific battle that practically no one remembers today. But it was an epic struggle where over 500 American Marines, sailors, soldiers, and airmen were listed as missing in action. Be careful, be safe, and wishing you fair winds and following seas until next time. I'm your host, Rick Stone, reminding you that poor is the nation that has no heroes, but shameful is the nation that having heroes forgets them. (laughs) 